Fika with Anika. Welcome to another Wednesday afternoon and Fika with Anika. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Barry Shankman for giving me permission to air his Voice of Memphis music interviews. So with that said, I'd like to uh, pour myself a cup of Fika kick back and listen to a wonderful interview with uh, Barry Shankman and his co-host Kay Paul Compton and the wonderful Bobby Manuel. Oh man, it was it was a great record. Still a really great record. And, you know, I had cut, I still got almost another album cut, but I just hadn't had the heart to, to finish a lot of it. You know, just hadn't, hadn't wanted to. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, that. But that was kind of that was our first release, and and the reason I went that way again was to, you know, I knew that it had to had to be a good seller and would help us get some money to finance this, this uh, gospel label I wanted to do because you know, I was pretty much on my own. I, I didn't have any investors or any backers, man, you know, and um, I was having to, you know, pay for all my presents and promotion and all that stuff and get it out there. So uh, that was our first release, but uh, I think we did. Uh, one other uh, secular record, I guess, it's what you would uh, did a rhythm and blues record on uh, Rufus, and uh, I love that record. It was uh, it's called Swing Out, and there's some great cuts on there. And uh, there's a, a lot of the things he did at Willie Mitchell's studio that we were able to use and remix and, and do some things too. That, that uh, when he and Willie, uh, I think they did. Uh, four or five sides together so I used a lot of those and a couple of things new new cuts and, and that's a great great record I love it to this day great blues song there's one on there called uh, uh, Just Because I'm Leaving Don't Mean I'm Gone You easy Every time the telephone rings Yeah, <laughs> it's a great blues song, man. I mean, so, you know, we, we did a few things, but uh, uh, I don't know if I would have gone back into rhythm blues or not, because it, it really changed at that time. The style of, of rhythm and blues, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of. And, right. Uh, you know, all the machines and all that stuff came in, and uh, and I, I just really didn't didn't like what they were doing with that you know I, I couldn't feel it as well as you know musicians and, uh, and and a lot of the songs just to me weren't weren't as well written as a lot of the earlier things and and uh you know love songs seem to be disappearing you know so I, I i don't know i don't know if i would have gone back or not you know it uh, yeah it cost what? a lot of a lot of money to make a record that that way, you know, with the, with all musicians and stuff, and and right. I use synthesizers, you know, the string sections and all. I mean, and it really got prohibitive. I, I don't knock anybody for doing it because every, you know, people just had to survive, man. You know. Yeah, but it sure changed the sound. That I mean, from that from analog tube sound to that digital sound, just took the sweetness out of it, didn't it? It ruined it to me. It ruined me it to too, me. buddy. It sterilized, it. it sterilized it and. uh and you didn't get to feel the dynamics of those musicians. If you listen to all those Stax records, 
to me, one word sums it up. Well, two, soul and dynamics, feeling yeah. and dynamics. And that's gone. Man, yeah. you've got a machine, it's a clock, and, you, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't work. I don't feel it. I don't no, it's like a world. calculator. It's counting well, it ones is. and zeros. It's not meant to be that way. You, you know, the imperfections are what makes it the beauty well, of it, man. The holes, and, and uh, they don't they don't leave holes anymore for people. They no, just, everybody's filling everything up. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, you know, space is not, not uh, an important thing, and that's... Uh, you know, that's a, you listen to Leon Russell and, you know, learn about space, man. I'm going to tell you, that's a, <laughs> I hear you. That's, that's a master there, you know, and that's that's the deal. And the, these the people are don't making them just are making them right now that uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. you know, I guess to each his own, you know. And, yeah. and I, again, I do understand why they have to because financially they can't or whatever, but musically. And so, you know, it just destroyed it. And to me, it's just evolved to where now it's accepted by yeah. people. Yeah. You know, they don't know any difference. And so uh, if you can never get them to listen to these records and, and feel the things and feel the emotion, it'll change their world. You know? No, I hear you. Let me let me ask you about the All Stars uh, that you did for the for the Soul, you know, the Stax Museum of American uh-huh. Soul. Um, Tell me a little about about who you had play on that and what you were doing. Uh, let's see. Well, you, I used um, well a lot of different guys. I used a guy named Steve Potts. Yeah. And uh, uh, on drums, and uh, a guy named John Williams on bass. Played some bass, and uh, used Ray Griffin on some of those songs. Uh, I was trying to think. Uh, the horns were. Uh, Jim Spake and um, Scott Thompson on trumpet, and uh, I think I used maybe Jack Hale on some of that stuff. And uh, he was an original, you know, of uh, of the of the well, yeah, he was an original Memphis Horn. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, who else did we use? A guy named Ronnie Williams, a great organ player who went back to our Onyx days. He and I together right. worked, worked together at Onyx in the, in that rhythm section, and. Um, Let's see, there were several different, you know, configurations of, of guys, depending on who, you know what I'm saying, who right. the artist was. Um, and Le- I know Lester's playing on a lot of it. And uh, Well, a lot of the people are still around, Bobby. It's just that, you know, like times have changed, music business has changed so much. Um, do you find yourself wanting to produce anymore or, or do any more recording or... How do you feel about that? Well, personally? I did. Uh, yeah, I did a record uh, a year and a half ago on the Green Brothers, and we did it live. And uh, we brought well, when I say live, you know, in the studio with real yeah. musicians, you know, and they were singing live while we did it, you know. And uh, I used uh, 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 Charles Hodges on the organ and Lester Snell on piano, and uh, myself and. Uh, Al Green, who is a brother to Bobby Green, who sings. The two of them were singing. And um, I see we used Steve Potts and a great bass player named Jimmy Kennard. And it was a killer. And uh, we named it Soulsville. And uh, it's still out there if anybody wants, wants to wants to get it. You know, you can get it online, iTunes, any of those places. And, man, it's great songs. And, and there's, let me tell you, there's a beautiful story behind that record.
The Green Brothers came to Stax in 1970, maybe 74, something like 73, 74. And uh, Jim found them through um, a guy named, uh, uh, I can't think of it, the promotion man's name, Dave, uh, oh, I'll think of it in a minute. He built Malico, by the way, this promotion man did. Uh, and he found these guys in a gospel talent show in Detroit. So he uh, he brought them down, and Jim loved them uh, immediately because they they said they wanted to sing secular stuff, you know. And uh, I mean, it was killer. So Porter was Porter was involved initially, you know. We, we were going to co-produce and do some things, David Porter, and uh, he ended up not. I don't know what happened, but uh, he ended up not participating and. Uh, so we cut uh, three or four sides on, on them at that time, and Jim was going to move them down here, families and all. I mean, they were, man, they were like uh, the new Salmon Day, man. They had so much fire and power and stuff and what they were doing. Uh, it, it was incredible. So uh, anyway, they... Uh, they got we got to we got got the records out and they started doing pretty good trying to finish the record and that's when things started going crazy the company you know went just uh, down that's you know that's when they were they were losing it and they got everybody got consumed in losses blah blah bankruptcy shut the door all that stuff so the Green Brothers never got to complete their, their vision man this was their whole deal so. Um, I I had kind of kept up with with Bobby Green because we had recorded there their daughter Jim and, and myself when uh, we had you know the Daily Planet and uh, we we did a record on the the group called the Greens Three we did that for uh, Malico and this was all his thirteen fourteen year old daughters so I kind of kept up with Bobby but then the last ten or fifteen years we you know we lost touch so anyway I I was uh, sitting in my room and I found I found this tape. I was going through all my cassettes, you know, you look through old stuff, and there's Green Brothers, and I said, "Well, I wonder what this is." And it was the original album demos wow. of the two of them that they had written to do for their for their album. I said, "Man, that's incredible!" I played it, and it just killed me. It just killed me. So I had no idea how to get in touch with them at this point. I mean, it was just it, it was just crazy, and right. uh, so I was ready to put it out. You know, a, a friend of mine named Tim, which it has a digital online uh, uh, record service, and it's called localbop.com. So, you know, I said, well, let's get this out, man, just like it is, you know. So I called him. We were going to do it. So uh, I got a call one day, and a uh, guy on the other, the other end said, uh, is this Bobby Manuel? You know, I said, well, yeah, yeah. He said, man, is this Bobby? Is this the Bobby that plays guitar? I said, well, yeah. He said, man, you don't know who this is, do you? I said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> he said, this is Bobby Green. And I said, don't you, you know, and I just I almost cried, man. And I said, look, man, I've been looking for you. I, don't, I said, I found something, man. I said, I found this tape. It was the original album. There's about 10 songs on it. And I said, it's incredible. And I said, I want to finish this record. 
and he just, man, he just almost he, he cried himself. You know, he said, "Man, we hadn't we hadn't been singing. I had my brothers in Florida. I hadn't been seeing you know each other." And he was, let me tell you, say this. He was calling me because he had heard that a tornado came through here. I believe it's uh, uh, they called it Elvis or whatever. You know, yeah. And, uh, it was during that time, and so he was concerned. He still had my number. Was was okay? So, man, it was Providence that. Uh, you know this happened. That's all I can tell you, man. And and from then, uh, from there, where we got back together, and I said, well, we just got to do this. So he got his brother, and they started practicing again. You know, so I uh, wish everybody could get this album and hear what they sound like. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're really incredible. And uh, we went to Italy uh, the following spring, and it just killed them over there. I can't tell you, just just laid them out, man. <laughs> you know these guys. And uh, then we were we written we wrote all winter this previous winter and uh, uh, his brother died man from a heart oh, attack man. yeah his brother Al died he was on his way to Detroit to uh, start rehearsing on the songs and get them together and uh, it just it just we needless to say you know but we are going to do a tribute record we're we're still going to do these songs you know and and so. You know that's that's that'll probably be coming up in three or four months. I hope we can get in there and do it. And uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's the that's the last record I did. You know, and I'm uh, really please? proud of it. And uh, it, it's really back to the roots of what we did. And hear these guys sing again, man. If you could hear it, I, I assure you, you'd love it. So uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna finish that record. And then again, I've been thinking about the... doing some instrumental records on my own. You know, like a. I always loved that Willie Mitchell band, so I've been thinking about putting a band together like that, uh, mainly because I did, they had me featured over there in Italy, to you know, uh, with a, with one of their Italian bands, and it was a tribute to Willie Mitchell, so we were playing a Willie Mitchell song. I got the solo on it and things, and they, people seemed to really love it, so it kind of sent off a little flash. I said, well, you know what, I bet these people would love that kind of band again, maybe featuring guitar, you know as well as, you know, some of the horn solos. So uh, that's what I'm going to do, and um, we'll start start on those projects pretty soon, you know. So, yeah, I'm not out of it completely, but, uh, you know, be, being really active, no, I, I don't want any part of whatever they're doing right now. I could care less if I ever sell a record again in my life, you know. Well, I've got two or three questions I'm going to throw at the, all of okay. them at you at the same time. Now, I know oh, that you... <laughs> We're just making life miserable for you, Bobby. Here we go. You'll you'll understand. They're all they're all relative. Uh, Okay, okay. uh, uh, (laughs) I know you're playing. You've played in several praise bands for churches in the Memphis area. Right, right. And uh, I was I was wondering, you know, how long have you been doing it, and and uh, who do you get to play in these bands, and um, uh, do you ever do sessions on the on the um, on the praise bands that you assemble, and um, mm-hmm. uh, do you ever get these players together to do even secular um, recordings? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had of. <laughs> you know, the first band, uh, the first time I did it was almost 20 years ago, and it was a Christ Methodist, uh, which was my home church, and well, it still is. I'm still a member there, but they wanted to start a contemporary service. And uh, we we did that, and I was just a volunteer in the very, very first band, you know. And within just a short period, the band started changing. I started getting 
getting guys in, and the sound started changing, and I got a dear friend of mine who uh, who is a music minister at Breath of Life, Andrew Jackson, to come play piano, and I got a great drummer around town, Steve Mergen. I got uh, uh, Andrew's cousin, Jackie Clark, and... Uh, his, his mother's, you know, got the, the Tennessee Mass Choir. So, you know, this history of these guys, man, they were just killer players. And uh, and then I had Jackie Johnson, who I, I was recording at that time on my label, uh, to, to be in the, book, you know, singing group and all that. And then we had a lot of volunteers. Um, and I was trying to think who else in the band. Well, I, I got some horns over there. I got a guy named uh, Sal Crocker and Reed McCoy. Uh so we did that, oh, years, you know, and never. Every time we talk about going in and recording, and uh, just never got given, never got to it, never got to it before. You know, things would things would change. I left to start help start another uh, uh, another church that uh, Christ Church was seating and uh, called Heart Song. And I left with one of the guys to put the band together there. So, uh, and the same thing can kind of happen. Uh, there at uh, Heart Song, you know, a great band, and uh, uh, we didn't we, we did some things on Drew just individually, but we didn't get to record the band uh, before. Uh, dear my, one of my dearest friends who, who just uh, passed recently, within the last six months, Charles Hines, who by the way was one of the first Stax artists, and uh, when Jim was trying to do not quite country music, but pop music, you know, and Charles was was a white guy, you know, he sang uh, tenor, real high guy, but a great, great singer. He used to sing with Ace Cannon, and he started uh, with a preacher here by the name of Jimmy Latimer, and they started Central Church. Well, Charles and I just, you know, it was just like, you know, you know how you, you meet people and you just automatically know, and uh, he actually was, was like a minister to me. And uh, so Charles asked me to come to Central Church and help start their contemporary thing. And so I left from Heart Song within maybe two to three years I was out there and, uh, uh, you know, started the contemporary service. And that's that's where I am today, you know, which we're playing uh, two services. We have a traditional service and with orchestra and everything. And, you know, we get to play that, and then we do a contemporary service. But... Uh, uh, other than recording uh, Jackie on the stuff we did, Jackie Johnson uh, uh, on on a lot of her solo stuff. Uh, as a group, I didn't ever get to record them, but uh, you know, uh, there's Jackie stuff out there, and they're on a lot of the the stuff on on the label on High Stacks. You can you know find it out there. I heard y'all play, and you just did excellent work, excellent music. It was beautiful. You did great job. Well, they were, yeah, we were, you know, we were, we were really doing it for the right reasons, man, you know, and uh, we, we all loved what we were doing, and and and, and just, uh, it was for real again, you know, it, it was uh, back to grooves and back, back for for love of of what we were doing, and uh, after that, I think that's why it worked. But uh, man, there's some great, great bands in that thing, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, great, great players, and. and uh, Anyway, I love that, man. And Again, it was kind of a first, you know, in, in Memphis' contemporary sound and doing that. So It was good. Uh, more joys of my life. What can I say? Man? Listen, uh, uh, Bobby, just to change a little bit here, over the last several years, music's changed just, boy, from one end to the other. But 
What do you think of Memphis? I mean, how much do you think Memphis music's changed? Mm, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of talent here, and I think there's uh, uh, a lot of people around, but I, I don't think they, they have an outlet. I don't think they have any way to get it out there. And certainly as far as, well, let's start musicians first. There are still great musicians here. But again, again, you know, there's nobody recording uh, live bands much, you know, and so they can't make a living. But they're they've got little home studios and they do things. And the same thing goes with songwriters. There's great songwriters in this town. And you know, it's just it's very tough to get your your uh, your songs out there in place. But I, I think Memphis music is very viable, you know, and. Uh, a lot of different styles, you know, not just, I know they've had some flips and some rap things and, and all that, but there's a lot other than that that's going on here, you know, uh, but there's no labels anymore, I, you know, I, I think as far as record, there may be only one label left, and, uh, and so you don't have the outlet, you know, people are having to do it themselves, and it's like it used to be, you know, you have to do live gigs and you sell your CDs on the stage, and, you know, a lot of bands are, are doing that, but there's... I can tell you the talent. If you were to go to every, every, well, let me put this. If you went to every black church in this city, you would have the most world-class musicians you have ever in your, and singers you would ever want to hear. Ever, ever want to hear. And uh, it's still here. It's just the, the business, they shifted the business to, uh, to, I'm not sure what it is, what you call it now, you know, and but that's all they want. Every Everything is, to me, it's, it's like an American Idol kind of thing, you know. That seems the only thing that uh, where they can get these artists signed and sell some records, that kind of movement. And I think it's killed it, man. I, well, you know, they, you know what? They kill themselves. They kill themselves. And uh, by that, I mean, you know, when they, when digital and all that mess, man, they made it accessible where these people could get get a hold of it and, and do it that way and all the copying. Uh uh, good gracious, man! It's, it's to sell a CD. It's unbelievable now, you know. And recently, I heard they're going to do away with CDs. CDs, you know, and it's going to be an all digital thing. They'll have them in cars, you know, MP3s. So, well, it's I pretty much yeah. A lot. Huh? It's it's pretty much just moving towards MP3 files. It's like the old days. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of LPs being sold at all. And no. last, no, no, you know, so people not. are buying singles and. Yeah, that's what they're doing. That's that's the new market, and that's what you would have to do. And, you know, I guess if you were going to try to do it as a group, that's the way you would do it, which in a way is good, you know, if you can get a single out there. I, I think there's some music being made with bands, you know, which got, you know, pop music, you know, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure that's what you call it now, but rock music, let me say. There's some rock bands around here, too, that are great. And, and so if I were doing that, that's what I'd do. I'd get some things cut, try to get them on that Internet and get them marketed that way and, and for singles. But uh, it is a singles business again. That's, that's essentially what it is, you know. But uh, I, I just I don't have a lot of compassion for what the Sonys in the world have done. You know, I really don't. Cause no, I hear I, you. I think they just uh, they destroyed it themselves, man. So I, I think they, they need to reap that, you know. Uh, Anyway, you know, people, when they get greedy like that, the greedier you get, the less you have. And yeah. that's yeah. they just they just came in there and tore it up and didn't see what they were doing. Absolutely. Um, 
Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm sure they, they're smart enough to think it through what it was going to do to things, but they didn't care. You know, it's all about that dollar now and bottom line, and that's what they did. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of like the same with the stack situation, man. Those people who, who fought it and wanted to put it under had no idea what that company meant culturally and, and uh, uh, to, to this community. I mean, they just had no idea. No, what, I don't think they were even thinking about how what Stacks was. I I think oh, the bottom either. line was no. uh, just you know how much money can we can we do by pulling this and pulling that, and yeah. they had yeah. no feelings at all when they walked in there and shut those doors. Oh, absolutely not, absolutely not. And uh, I think that was a, that's the same mentality that, that permeated you know and uh, uh, through where we are now, you know, and that's. Uh, you know that's the bottom line of it, which is really, really, really a shame because I, you know, you want people to experience this music and 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 feel it like we did growing up, you know, and experience it. And uh, it seems to be I don't know where they're just oversaturated and so overstimulated to the point now where I, I just really I don't I don't know because I I remember a time, man, when. When you heard about a band playing at a, at a uh, somewhere on a Sunday night, it was the most exciting thing in your life. You know, <laughs> I mean, it would be incredible to go hear a band. Or I can remember oh, Clearpool we, we or Maywood. Uh, yeah, we would have parties where you just sit and listen to music. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's gosh, man. You know, and now it's just taken for granted, and it's another whatever and. You know, to get some kids' attention to try to get their dollar twenty nine is, you know, that's. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. Well, Bobby, I, I don't know. I just I don't understand how uh, it could go from Aretha and Ray Charles to as much feeling and and the passion that were in those kind of songs and on back all the blues all all the way up way back way back way back and feel that passion and and, and to have listeners who, you know, listen to that today and just shut it off for you can whatever. I just can't, I, I just can't, I don't understand that. I, I just don't understand. That's what it's about. It is, music is supposed to affect you one way or the other, you know. Well, it's, isn't it your heart supposed to be beaten? Isn't it? That's I mean, what it's, I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, that's what, I, it just, that, I don't understand greatest, it, Bobby. That's the greatest loss, I, I think, as, 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 as a culture that we have, We've suffered, and uh, I'm not saying it's all all gone. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there are people out there that pass that on, and there's people that are still doing it. You know, but uh, for me, that was just the greatest things in the world to hear hear those people sing and hear that music and hear those songs and be moved like that. I mean, literally, I can remember being in the club Paradise, man, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, me backstage, I never will forget this, and hearing B.B. King play, and mm -hmm. literally crying, crying, sitting there crying, just, you know, moved that much by what this man was doing. And uh, uh, you, don't, you don't hear that many. <laughs> oh, no. You're listening you know. to that audience yell, B.B., B.B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those you women up front. That was that was when he was in his prime during that yeah. time, and that was his audience, and that was his people, man. And he was he was playing to them, man. And uh, uh, it was incredible. I heard he and uh, he and Albert 
together down there one night, and that, oh. was, that was something to behold. That's all I can tell you. Well, Albert walked out and said, well, you're going to have to play tonight, B. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, it's on now, and it was, buddy. That's all I can tell you. Incredible, man. So, you know, uh, yeah, that's that to me where it's going. But you know what? Uh, I was just thinking uh, about a Willie Mitchell man. We did uh, just recently, last year and a half, uh, we did some live recording that was great. You know, before Willie just passed, we lost another great, you know, soul, soul guy and uh, producer and whatever. But uh, uh, I had the pleasure of doing his last two records with him, man, and I, I can't tell you what a joy that was. We did Dal Green and uh, live pretty much, and that, that was a, a killer. And a guy that I always wanted to play with, never got the chance. We did Solomon but people in the world. What this world could really, really be Cause nothing is impossible You've got to choose your dreams And make them come true But nothing, nothing is impossible Got to do his last record So, man, I, you know, that's, that's another one of my uh, greatest moments in the business uh, It was just some incredible, incredible times between those two artists, and uh, you know, those those records are still out there. There's some, some great, great grooves on those records, and uh, and again, it, it was really special. Like I say, because his last records Willie did also, you know, last two he did, and uh, certainly we lost Solomon. You know, I hadn't lost Al yet, but uh, anyway, that that was what can I tell you with joy. So there 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 were a few left, few few soul survivors out here, you know. Still knew how to put it together, you know. But you know, often, but Bobby, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and um, if you could go back and change any aspect of your career in music, and, and um, what would you change, and why, and what do you think that would, in the domino, in the, in, in a, as a domino effect, what else would that change have changed in your life if you could go back and change those things? Oh man. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not, you know what, Paul? I, you know, I, I, I think that uh, God just had a plan for me the way it evolved, and I'm not sure. Like you said, the domino effect. One thing wouldn't have changed. Uh, it may may have changed the things the wrong way. You know. It, it, well, here's an example. At one time, uh, after Rick D's, I was wanting to move to California after we had the big hit and all that stuff, and. And everybody in the world, Tom Dowd and Duck and all them, were telling me uh, uh, they were out in California, and I had gone out. I don't know what happened. I mean, anyway, it was at a party at Ducks, and there was Tom Dowd there. I'd never met him. I was awed by him, you know. And he was a guy who was actually talking to me. <laughs> so, you know, he used to say, man, you, you got to get out of there, man. said, there's nothing happening. And I uh, said, you, you know, you, you need to come on out here and get there. And I, I, just, I, I just couldn't do it. I, you know, when we got through it, uh, but that could have, think about it, you know, certainly I knew I was going to suffer as far as acts to do, uh, you know, to produce and this and that. Because if you didn't, you know, if you weren't out there, you were kind of wasn't really in the business, you know. I mean, you had to, you needed to be out there and with an agent and do all the things they do. And I just didn't like that lifestyle, man. And I had these kids here. You know, and I was heavily in church and all that. And I just, if I had gone, uh, Paul, I, I probably would have uh, ended up crazy, man. 
you know, because, I mean, that will drive you crazy, trying to produce those acts. And you're under so much pressure every time to have a hit. And, um, I, I, you know, it's just really tough. Like, for example, I probably would have ended up producing things for RSO, which is the label that uh, uh, the BGs were on and all that stuff. And they had some other acts that were not so good, you know, um, that, you know, I may ended up, you know, being assigned to try to make a hit. So then, then when you don't, man, you're killing yourself, you know. So... You know, it's certainly always a fear of that. Certainly it could have gone the other way. There was, a, you know, uh, a lot of talent. They could have been lucky. But on, on the other side of it, you know, I've always loved my family. And uh, I'm a family man first, man. And that's, uh, you know, uh, that that came first to me, man, is uh, keeping them, um, keeping them uh, grounded, so to speak. Because, boy, you can get Hollywooded out, you know. And that decision... Uh, could have been bad, and I almost made it because you know everybody, like I say, was encouraging me to to leave, and I, I, I just I just I don't know, just blessed, you know. I think God said His hand on me, man. That would have uh, I don't think that would have ended well. Man. Well, still looking back, Bobby, um, um, professionally, do you have any regrets? Um, you know, not really, man. Well, no, not really. Um, <clears throat> I really don't, Paul. I was really lucky. <clears throat> I was, uh, I was just fortunate. I, I was thinking when you said that it was, it was a group that came to Stacks. One of the first groups I ever recorded was Bonnie and Delaney, and uh, Bonnie Bramlett, as, uh, as her name became, and uh, they were they were really, you know, incredible. And I, I was just thrilled to to work with them, <clears throat> and I had only been there five or six months at that time at Stax. This was at Stax. And uh, I got to play on a song called uh, Take a Little Piece of My Heart, the Janis Joplin song. And and so they loved it and, you know, whatever. So uh, Delaney, who was, uh, you know, part of the, the uh, husband in the group and, and whatever the lead, said, man, I want you to go with me. Go on the road and, you know, do this, do this. I said, man, I just, I don't know about that. And I said, I've just got in here. I'm just getting started. Oh, but you need to go. So <clears throat> that decision there, you know, could see so that band turned into Derek and the Dominoes, you know, with Clapton. So who 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 knows, you know, what would have happened there? You know, I mean, there's only one Eric Clapton, you know. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I could have played rhythm guitar, I guess. But you, you know what I'm saying? The decisions, I, I just... I've been really fortunate. I don't think there's there's things you know I'd really really want to change. To, uh, you know, right off the bat, just as I'm thinking, well, I'm sure if I sit down, you know, say, man, I wish I hadn't done that, or you know, maybe when I was ornery to somebody, or you know, or not not quite as nice as I should have been, or this or that, you know. Uh, but but as far as decisions about where we were headed, it it just kind of it just unfolded to me, man, you know, just unfolded. Uh, is there anything uh, that you're doing now or anything that's going on now in your career that uh, you'd like to share with us that uh, we might not have mentioned in the show here? Well, uh, like I said, uh, see, I, you know, we will do this, this Green Brother tribute record, which is, I think, going to be a great, great record. And uh, you know, be, be looking for that because uh, it's, it's just going to be a magic time again in that studio. And, and I am going to do this instrumental thing. I, I think that's going to work. You know, get get some tracks and some ideas and writing on some things. So, you know, maybe a, a project a year, uh, at least right now, maybe, 
or every two years. You know, I don't know. If the crappie are biting or something, I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> just depends. Might be fishing, you know. But, That's uh, right. Uh, yeah, you know, there's nothing the matter with that. There's nothing the matter. But, but, um, but right now, yeah, those are the two things kind of on 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 uh, the agenda. And other than that, you know, that's I, I don't foresee. I'd like to maybe go back to Italy again and and, and do that. I really love those people over there, and uh, they really received us really really special, you know. So that's you know I'd like to do that, but uh, you know I don't I don't have any uh, huge plans other than certainly not getting back in the business and uh, and going you know. Full steam again. I can't. Uh, my health won't let me do that. So I just take it easy and do what I'm doing, man. And hopefully, you can get a get a, get some grooves out there again. For this, there's still a few people out there that, that do like it, you know. So yeah, yeah that's kind of my goal right now, man. Bobby, listen for the voice of Memphis music. Um, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us. And thanks again, Bobby, for being with us today. It's been just a a great time talking to you. It's 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 a been a pleasure. Thank you, Bobby. God bless you. I enjoyed it, and uh, thanks again, man. Thank you, Bobby. We really do appreciate it. This is the voice of Memphis music, broadcast on allmemphismusic.com. Our executive producer is Barry L. Shankman. Our producer is K. Paul Compton. I'm Jeffrey Haas, the technical director. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.